Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Keys Dan. Hubba hubba. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you can have me at your next events you know i like to party with the people the people need to be entertained are you not entertained let me entertain you (laughs) make your next thing a big one speaking of entertainment today on the program so excited i have tora wallishan on the program what who's that oh Oh, you know about her. You know she's a oh, filmmaker. Yeah, you knew that. Singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah, you knew that too. Photographer? Yeah, yeah. You know you knew that. Dancer. Oh, okay. Artist? Yeah. Oh, and the, the cream uh, model. Okay. Oh, she's in SAG-AFTRA. Okay. What? And she was she what? Oh, she was mentored by Simon Cowell? Huh, going to have to talk to her about that. <laughs> We're going to get into it in the next few minutes, so stick around. It's going to be a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. All right, this week's shows. Oh, I have no public shows this week. I am not at the Rab on Friday night, my regular Friday night gig, uh, the Video Dance Party Karaoke Jam. That's being covered by All About Entertainment. So make sure you go to the Rab this weekend, Friday and Saturday night, for your for your dose for your weekly dose of, of video dance party and karaoke jam, what am I doing on Friday night? Oh, Friday night, I will be at a uh, at a middle school dance. A middle school dance. Yeah, something to break up my uh, the monotony. Now, I, I don't think it's monotonous, but just something different to do on a Friday night for me. I'm kind of excited. I'm not going to tell you what, what middle school I'm going to. Yeah, creep. <laughs> No, I'm going to be at a middle school dance. Very excited about that. And uh, it's cowboy themed, so I get to put my cowboy wear on. I, I need to find my hat, my my cowboy hat. And then on Saturday, ooh, Saturday, I have a wedding down in Jacksonville, Arkansas. But unless you're invited, you cannot come. Why am I saying it? Because I'm excited that I still get to DJ different events and be a part of people's big days. It's so cool. So cool to be a part of this business to be a part of the show. Speaking of being a part of the show, that's enough intro. Let's get into it with Tora Woolishin. Oh, man, I'm so stoked. I got her on the Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys Dan. Skyping Tora Woolishin now. <laughs> All right, Tora Wallishens on my screen and in my ears. If you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version so you can see the lovely Tora Wallishen right there, right there next to me, the queen of art. <laughs> Amongst other things, my goodness, I, I found, okay, some people, I, 
I hardly ever do any research for these things, but it's impossible, nearly impossible, not to know anything about you, Torah Wollishan, because uh, from what I can see, you're a hard-working person in this business we call show. Give the people an yeah. idea of who you are. <laughs> Um, I am a singer-songwriter, um, actress, model, dancer, and filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people, they only put out a, if they're going to be putting out a bio, they'll put a written bio out. And there's a, a bunch of bios, not just on your IMDb, on your YouTube page, which there is, and on your Instagram, and even on your Facebook page. I think the most extensive one was written by an Emily Wollishan on your IMDb. That one is very extensive. But not only did you have a written bio, you took the time to make a bio on your YouTube page, a documentary formed bio. I, I, I encourage off the bat, once you get done with this podcast, once uh, my loyal listener, when you get done listening or watching this podcast, head over to the YouTube page and check out that little documentary. If you want to know, uh, scratch the surface of who Tora Wallachian is. That's the place you ought to start. But, uh, you know, I need to know more. I mean, you're you're born in Tucson. Tell me about that. Well, I was actually born in Los Angeles, but my mom moved when I was four to Tucson and I was raised there for most of my life. Um, I always went back and forth to L.A. My mom took me to Disneyland when I was a child all the time. And then I signed my first record deal when I was almost 18. I was just about the end of my 17th year um yeah well is that the one with mr uh nothing on me uh b-o-b is that uh that no is that, what I that read? was that was quite some time at, later after okay that. okay yeah. so you've been in this business we call show for a long time okay a lot of people uh, you you have a jump start on the kids that are out there uh, starting at at, a, at the tender age of of three or four years old i mean you were you were uh, four years old and and what are you doing you're doing at the at the national children's group uh sunshine generation what is that was that something in tucson i know there's a lot of a uh, sunshine in tucson i've been through that state i've done some parties in um in the in the state in the area i haven't i haven't had the pleasure of being in tucson but i've been to uh phoenix and uh, a few other places to do singles parties it's a great state it's a beautiful state it's a colorful state the painted desert state be on the tourist bureau there i mean tell me about a uh, four-year-old uh torah and i guess you weren't known as torah back then uh, i already i guess i sneaked it out you were uh well i mean if you care to say your real name you can but if not that's fine too <laughs> my real name is pamela um when i was 10 years old i released my first album and came up with a stage name that was called pammy k all right. We all have embarrassing stage names. When I was first starting in radio back in 1986, that's way back in the 1900s, I was known as Dancing Danny G. Okay. I don't let that squeak, I, I don't let that squeak out too, too often. But, but, uh, you know, you start off and, and you're trying to come up with a, with a name that, that'll stick. I, I know that, that, uh, with this thing that we call social media and, uh, branding, you got to come up with something and stick with it. 
And I, and if you notice on the uh, underneath your your picture, I put the Queen of Art because I do like that as a maybe a sub subtext for you because um, if uh, Howard Stern is the king of all media, K O A M, you have touched so many different forms of show business. I think you could be the Queen of Art, at least the Princess of Art, but maybe the Queen. Maybe you graduated <laughs> to Queen. But uh, you know, tell me about when you were just the Princess of Art. You know, uh, I really want to know, and I, and I know that this is a primarily a, a learning podcast. It's not, yeah. I, I want to learn from you, how you became who you are. Yes. Um, well, when I was four, I was in this little, um, it was kind of like a youth performing arts group that my mom found for young children. And um, once I at five years old, there was actually a a bigger um, group that was called Kids Unlimited that I kind of I really wanted to be in, but I wasn't old enough yet. So I did Sunshine Generation for a year and then went on to Kids Unlimited when I turned five. And I spent nine years with the program and they teach you to sing and dance and act and model and interview they even teach you how to hold yourself um walking the stage stage presence they teach you all kinds of things so i learned literally everything in that program and i was also in a lot of dance companies growing up and a lot of little performing i started doing musicals kind of on my own and um, after the nine years in that program, I, I kind of became this troubled teen and uh, I started fronting some rock bands and I got into the punk and alternative rock. What year um, was this? Wait a minute. We, we need to get a timeline on this, uh, Tora Woolishan. Yeah, you don't we're have actually to, on Spotify still. Yeah, we don't. We, we <laughs> don't have was, to. We don't have to give away uh, your age so much. But I'm sure if people can do math, oh, that, I don't care. That's fine. If people I'm can, young. Yeah, if people can do math, they'll figure it out. But all right, at 18, you're graduating high school. I'm guessing in Tucson somewhere. I got my GED when I was 15 in in agreement with my mother um she said if i focused on my career full-time and then got a job that i could um get my ged well that's fantastic having a lot of hard time in high school a lot of bullies so that's good that you have you have parents that that can realize that you have some trouble when people cry for help you got to listen but i want to go back to this uh to this program the sunshine generation the children's Mm -hmm. group that sounds like such a wonderful program and i i wish that more places had that is that something that's still going on or is that a a thing that's still happening in in tucson or is it closed up actually programs like that exist um um all over all over the country um you just it's a matter of wordplay when you're really searching on google even um just looking up non-profit kids or non-profit youth organizations for performing arts um that'll probably pull up you know, in whatever location you're in, you know, that'll pull up all the little organizations that are around you that do that kind of thing. Um, Kids Unlimited is still up and running um, today. They still are doing their things however many years. I don't even, I don't even, they were, 
they existed, I think they started in like the 70s or something. So when I came in, they were already up and running for a long time. And so um, they're still going strong. So they have, and I think they still start at the age of five. And they go, um, I think they go until... 17 and then they can start getting jobs as teachers as instructors so it's really just a wonderful program yeah as parents we're always looking for something for our children to do uh, something constructive something yeah. that that will make their their minds expand and the the performing arts mm-hmm. is definitely a a direction to go in you know when i was in in school uh, i was uh, always the high school and even before that the the dj you know the guy that played the music so that that was my creative outlook lit and i'm glad that you had you know not just the dancing the singing the modeling did you put the the books on your head and walk how did they keep you straight as i've seen where they put um uh for modeling they'll put a stick uh horizontal and a stick uh vertical kind of looks like a cross and they put your arms behind it have you ever seen this or have you ever done this I, I've seen it. We did not do that. We made sure that our shoulders where they were, were supposed to be. We were all typically uh, dancers, um, you know, ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop. So we knew how to conform our bodies into whatever type of situation that we needed, you know. And so to, to have that type of posture was not difficult. Most of us already kind of had um, good posture. So... Um, you know, we there were some exercises that we used, which was um, a plastic cup filled with water on your head. Um, that's a good one. And that's kind of more or less having more of a glide in your walk rather than having all this bounce, you know, <laughs> you kind of glide. So... Well, even as we're talking about it, uh, I'm starting to sit up straighter. I can see you in the video starting to sit up straighter as, you know, working, uh, thinking about your posture. You know, I think, all right, down in South Florida, I'm from Miami and the, and, and, and Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I was, uh, in distributive education clubs of America, the DECA, and we had an art, art institute in Miami. And, uh, that was one of the places that maybe I was aspiring to go to further my career. I, I didn't end up going there. I went to, uh, the Connecticut schools of broadcasting, uh, amongst other things. But, um, but y- you know, you took the time even at such an early age. Was that something that, I mean, cause it, you always have to have your parents involved. Did your mom find that, that program for you? Cause she saw that you wanted to be in the arts or you had a a knack for it well yeah so my i apparently my mom tells a story of when i was an infant before i was able to speak words i started singing along to music i would hear that my mom would play and um that was before i spoke words so i would sing i was singing words before i spoke the words and when she noticed that i i was on key and i was that was like i loved doing it i did it started doing it all the time um she started putting me and i would dance everywhere and do all these things so she started um i think she just kind of researched performing arts organizations for youth um typically nonprofit are probably the best ones to do and um yeah she found a few she found quite a few and chose the best the best ones 
Well, it sounds like it was a good base. You know, as people are going to find out as we unfold, unpack uh, all that is Torah Woolish. And, and I know we could take hours and hours and hours. I want to be mindful of your time and, and limit it, you know, maybe to an hour or so uh, and find out more about you. But I know there is so many facets, so many avenues of you. I don't know where to, where to start. I mean, I guess we started with the, the music, uh, that you've already started, uh, making records at the tender age of four and 10 and even 17. And here we are at 18 and you're in a punk rock band and you're, you're making videos. Those are out there. You said, yeah, there's actually videos of us and there are, um, on, on streaming platforms. You could find us. We're called less than famous, but we were called, I should say, cause we're not together. It was a long, it was back in, in 2007 and 2008 that we were going strong and we're called less than famous and um there's videos on youtube from back in the day and there's music on all streaming platforms from less than famous and everything so you can still hear our little four song ep that we released before we broke up <laughs> oh well tell me i mean how many people were in the band and and who if you can give shout outs to the people that were in the band yeah there were i want to say six of us there was matt who was on the keys and uh the third guitar guitarist we had three guitarists um he is a painter now, um, doing wonderful things, still in Tucson, I believe. He's still in Tucson. Um, we called him Triple T because he used three T's for his name. <laughs> um, there was Christian, Christian Polly. I think he's in New York right now. I know the last I heard from him, he was in New York. We all kind of drifted apart. There were a lot of um tragic things and crazy things that kind of happened so we all kind of drifted apart a little bit um uh, christian was our lead guitarist he was super dope i don't know if he still plays um then there uh there's jesse the bass player he also did some screaming and um he is now a fireman in florida um I think he's married. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, just, he's he's doing good. Um, his brother was Josh, and um, he was the second guitar player, the rhythm guitar player. Um, he tragically passed away uh, a while back, and um, we also lost... They, they had a younger brother who also passed away um, a while back. And um, then Christian had a brother who had passed away. And um, things were very painful with so many um, losses. And um, there was, then there was Jared. There was Jared, and he was the drummer. Um, he was kind of the serious one in the group. He he joked around, you know, he had his moments, but um, we were all kind of a little immature and crazy and, you know, um, on substances <laughs> that we shouldn't have been on. And um, so Jared was kind of like the sober, sane one that was like, 
always talking shit to us because we were doing stupid stuff. And um, yeah. Well, Tor Wollishan, yeah. I mean, it sounds like there was some uh, there were some good times there, but there was there was strife with tragedy with all these kids that are dying at early ages. I mean, do you, uh, what were the causes? Was it was it accidental or natural causes? Was what was going on with these these children that that died? Um, My goodness, yeah. Josh passed away. He had cancer. I'm not sure what it had been caused by or if it was hereditary. Um, and his little brother passed away um, from an overdose. And he got into a car accident. And um, Christian's brother, um, I'm not 100% sure how he passed away. Um, that was a very long time ago. And... There were there was a lot of um, crazy ups and downs and and situations with the band that happened. So um, I think that there was a and there was a moment. There were a couple moments where like we broke up. We were totally like a relationship. We broke up, got back together, broke up. Um, we went on tour, and during this tour, I had a relationship that was. Um, he was a little bit overbearing, controlling, and, and um, I was on the phone with him a lot trying to, like, you know, ease his mind that nothing was going on. And um, that caused a lot of trauma that the band thought that he was kind of taking me away from the experience of the tour of our first tour together. And um, when we got back into town, they uh, jumped in. And so that caused a lot of uh, problems. Um, so now this band was, was, was of, this band was based out of Tucson. And how far away mm-hmm. was the tour? The tour was we did all of Arizona. We went through Phoenix, everything, um, hit Southern California, um, and then we hit Texas and New Mexico. Yeah, that's pretty far reaching. So, I, yes, I guess if you had a, a jealous significant other, uh, that could cause some strife. And it seems like it did. That's the trouble. You know, I, I tell people when they want to be touring musicians, okay, uh, I want to be a famous music, uh, music act, but it's going to take a toll on any relationship. That's why I say to, to most people, do it in your teens, late teens, your early 20s, and even in, you know, into your early 30s. That is when you're still made of rubber. You've got Wolverine powers. You can bounce back from anything, which is what you probably had to do, whether you liked it or not, being at, you know, 18, 19 years old. But, um, you know, I tell people to do it. That's that's when I went solo. So, um, you know, I was, yeah, I was, I, I went, I went solo. It pushed me and, and I, I tried to get back together with them like a little after that and it just didn't work and they were all over the place and a couple of them were like heavy, heavy into some drugs and, and they, they were just not reliable. And so, um, yeah, it pushed me to go solo and, and to be where I am today. So, you know, I would have never done X factor. I would have never, 
um, taken that first record deal as a solo artist. You know, I would have never done any of that if if I was still with that band. And well, for the people that are listening, before we get into that X Factor, I know that you're very known for being on X Factor, uh, and we are going to get to that. We are. But I want to know about the first record deal and how did that come about? Uh, where did people see you as either a solo artist or part of that band? How did people find? How did a record producer find you and say, "Hey"? I need you on my label. So that's a crazy story. Um, I actually never, I got asked that question before. So um, you have some exclusive information about to come your way. <laughs> so um, at the time, um, I actually want to say, I think I might've been, I think I might've been just barely, barely, barely 18. And um, I, I was dating a girl, a female. I was in a relationship with a female and she was a stripper. And um, she met this guy in the strip club one day and she called me up like, oh my gosh, I met this guy, he's got all this money. He like, you know, has, you know, he signs artists and he has his record label and all this, you know, whatever. And, and uh, you know, I want you to meet him. And I'm like, cool, okay, like, I'm open-minded, let's, let's meet him. And we literally um, hop into this, uh, this, like, almost like, not like one of those party buses, but it was like one of those big van things that you could travel with, you know what I mean? Like, he was obviously on the road, he had, he had driven there from Los Angeles, he's from L.A., and, um, so we're sitting in this thing and, um, you know, he rolls a joint, we smoke this joint and, um, he's like, yeah, let me hear your stuff. And I show him like all my band's music. Cause that's literally all I had. Right. And oh, <laughs> my whole phone. Okay. Um, so I saw my band's music and, and he's like, Oh, this is dope. <laughs> and, um, he was like, yeah, you ever, you ever thought about doing like pop stuff? And I was like, heck yeah, I love all that stuff. I want to do everything. So, um, he was like, I want to sign you. And I was like, uh, I don't know about all that. Like, let me see the contract and show me what you can do first. Right. And so he's like, all right, here, I'll bring you out to LA and show you all my little things that I have going on and then you can decide and I'll present the contract to you and I was like cool let's do that so you know I talked to my mom about it she meets him um she's like cool well you know let's figure it out so I go to LA for like I think it was like a week and he we literally we go to all these clubs with all these celebrities we're doing it big like I I went in the studio with Chris Brown like I I did all this all this stuff and um he I went I, I went to this meeting we had this meeting one day he's like okay here's the big meeting I'm gonna get you signed by a big label and yada 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 we're gonna sit with like five different labels right now so we go into this meeting and we sit down. There's like maybe like seven or eight other people in there. There's like three different labels, label uh, representatives. And um, so we're sitting in this meeting 
were talking about my music. They're asking me about my goals. And this guy, so this this manager guy, he had this habit of, of doing a lot of ecstasy. And um, before this meeting happened, long story short, there was a lot of crazy drama that happened in between with him getting us kicked out of hotels, like the W, the Lowe's, like the, all these big hotels. Um, and it's it was just... Like, he would just do these drugs, get really drunk, and then just act a fool, and then just expect them to get the, give him these rooms for free. And it started getting really weird. And so um, I, at this meeting, we're sitting there, and he's all still messed up from the night before. It's like in the morning. He's still messed up from the night before. And um, he starts feeling my leg up under the table. And I'm pushing his leg off, like, what the heck is this guy doing? And I'm trying to, like, pretend nothing's happening and, like, do, like have this conversation with these people. And so he, just, he does it again, and I push his leg off, and I'm like, stop. Like, I'm, we're, we're going to make a scene right now. And all of a sudden, he takes his hand above the table, and he goes. And I freaked out, and I threw I threw my chair I got up I threw my chair and I stormed out of the room and I said sorry guys and I stormed out of the room and um mind you I'm the only female in the room so it just feels weird right yeah. and so I leave I leave the whole building like three or four of these record execs chase after me and they're like hey wait like we saw like we saw the whole thing like this is crazy um you know we can get you out of this contract we have a lawyer we can sign you all this stuff so i was like yes do it like this is my last straw this is this is like the 20th 30th Th like bad thing that it, that has happened that i've literally like let everything all this stuff go and that was the last straw i just couldn't that was like the worst thing that he did and i was just like you know what that this that's it and so i took their lawyer they paid their lawyer they put him on a ten thousand dollar retainer for me and they were like here have our lawyer he's retained this amount like use him however you see fit because they, they didn't want to be involved. They didn't want a conflict of interest because they wanted to sign me. So I was like, cool. So I took their lawyer, told them everything, showed them everything. Boom, got me out of the contract quick. And um, so now I was kind of like talking to this new company. And I was like, I'm not signing shit. I'm not doing shit. Like, you guys have to do everything for me. Do Like, I was like, dude, this is crazy. And they were like, dude, you don't do anything. And um, so I sit in the studio. I literally ended up moving all of my stuff, well, not all my stuff, but a bunch of my stuff into this studio and like living in the studio for like two, three months. I wrote over 65 songs with these people. Right. Okay. So they're like, all right, we have some hits. We have some singles. We have albums. We have everything we need. So, um, we're going to send you home for a couple of weeks and mix and master all these songs. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Sounds good. Um, you know, I just spent three months with them. So I trusted them. You know what I mean? There's a group of like four people and um, they had hella cash and they ran this whole luxury car. They were giving me like luxury cars to drive around all day. We were going sitting in the VIP next to Justin Timberlake at the club. Like, you know what I mean? They We were doing it up. They were showing me all these things. And um, so, you know, I go home. Two weeks goes by. 
I don't hear anything from them. I decide to hit them up. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Um, you know, it's, it's time to do something. Two weeks have gone by. What's going on? I don't hear anything. So, you know, I email the next person, email the next person. I email all four people. And then I start calling people because I haven't heard anything from anybody. Wait, start wait, calling you, you emailed even, even the person that felt you up? No, 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 no. Oh. That person is out of the picture at Go this on. point. Okay, continue. This is a completely different company, completely different people. That guy, I sued him. I got out of the contract. I got all my stuff. Like, it was, that was a clean break. It was done. Okay, continue. Um, this new, this is a completely new company, completely different people. Um, I have all like all, a bunch of my stuff, almost all my stuff, my clothes, my personal belongings there, living there. Um, I only took a couple things home because I was only supposed to be home for a week or two. So I didn't, I barely had anything, you know, like a couple, a, a week, a week's worth of clothes and, and my belongings and, um, hitting them up. I end up hitting them up for a couple months few months goes by i end up hitting up that their lawyer that they paid for and they're like and he's like oh you only used like five hundred dollars with me to get you out of that last contract you literally have like nine grand like left i was like wow so um i just want your advice i didn't want to do anything extra i was like i just want your advice what do i do He's like, you contacted them. I sent him all my emails, all my phone calls, everything. He's like, I think it's time to send a letter, you know, ask, you know, telling them that a lawyer's getting involved because they're not responding. And so he did that. No response. We end up scheduling a court day. I have to find, come up with the money to fly my ass out there, stay up in a hotel for like three days. And one of my friend's moms helped me out. She was like, oh, like, I heard your story. I want to donate to your, like, situation. And she ended up helping me out. And, you know, I went out there um, literally on the day of court. They called me. No, no, no. They texted me. They texted me. And they were like, okay, you could have your stuff back. Mind you, keep in mind, my, my mom had to help me. Uh, buy all this new clothes and all this new shit because I only had like so much stuff and um, they were like oh you know finally hit me back well I'll give you your stuff back and your music because all the 65 or whatever songs that I recorded with them I wanted them you know what I mean I was like those are mine especially after you just did what you did and so I was you know in my ignorant self I'm thinking I just wanted my stuff I'm gonna drop everything so I dropped everything and I, and I met up with them. I got a bat. Like they gave me my stuff. I had nice suitcases for some reason they lost them and they gave me my stuff back in, in garbage bags, <coughs> in garbage bags. And, uh, then they put my music on CDs and then I fly all the way back home. And I think I should have checked these CDs. <laughs> Tell me why I put the CDs in. And there were only about seven songs on there. Mind you, they were all sabotaged. They turned the drums all the way up to where the volume was peaking. And the music all the way down and, and peaked my vocals all the way out. Took the compression off. So I couldn't do anything with those songs. Ouch. So I, I so think that the, was a hard lesson for me yeah. and for them because they had a they had a sh- they shut down they had a shut, down, shut down the company because that that completely ruined their whole 
reputation. I think the bottom line for that was uh, don't get into a van with a strange man. Okay, it's still it's still a bad idea. Still a bad idea. But hey, I mean, this this is a story that I've heard in many different ways. Uh, hey, sign on the bottom line. We'll give you five thousand dollars. We'll put you up in that hotel. We'll give you that nice car. You know, just sign right here and uh, sing into this microphone, and you'll have all the masters. Even Taylor Swift didn't have all the masters. She had to re-record all her songs so she could have all the masters. Prince, uh, the late great Prince had to change his name to a symbol so he can get out of a record contract. So, I mean, yes, record contracts, they've gone great for a lot of people, but for a lot of people, they've gone very badly. For most. <laughs> I would say, yeah, you're probably right. And you would yeah. know better than me. For most, it's not a great idea. You know, stay independent these days. Uh, but, but you couldn't do that in the 60s and the 70s and even into the 80s. You were beholding to these record companies to make you, guess what, records. You know, now that we don't have to have records and all we have to have is a little bit of a recording device and some know-how on the engineering side, you could make your own stuff, you know, in your own house if you want to or, or with a, a nice independent uh, engineer. So, okay, all right, you got out of that, 18, maybe 19 years old, or was that all, all in the course of, of, of half a year or a year? Um, That was, yeah, that was probably like a year or so. So, so and, 18, um, 18 went right out the window with that, that okay, that's a, our first attempt at, at uh, wait, uh, what I heard from NASA, it's not a failure, it's your first attempt at success. Continue. Yeah, it was, yeah. Continue. It was, where do you go? And I learned a lot. And then, you know, that made me want to learn a lot about the law. And then that lawyer also taught me a lot. So, you know, because I had, I started having all these questions and having all these situations. And then, um, you know, he, he taught me how to, how to copyright my songs without spending a dollar, a dime. You know what I mean? And, how? How do you do that? Do people got to know. Uh, is there a simple way? to do it can you teach people you really just have to have stamps and these days with these devices everything is stamped with dates and times of, of when it's like notes my notes are all stamped on dates and times i can't change that date and time i could i could change the the last date it's opened and the last date it's edited but the original date that it was first created is still going to be on there. Well, that was a way that people used to copyright their things. They would mail themselves a letter, uh, you know, with the uh -huh. with the manuscript mm -hmm. or with the plans, you know, whatever they were they were trying to get together. They would mail themselves a letter, and that would have the stamp right there. That would that, that would be the way that they did it. But uh, yeah, that's smart. You know, even emailing. Also, even these days, when you release your song, mm -hmm. um, I mean, unless other people have that's have your song already and and have your lyrics typed out you know there's no really way that anybody would be able to prove that they wrote it before you you know you have the original everything yeah for sure right you know, even my my garage band recordings are all are all 
date and time stamped, you know? Okay, so you've done things on your own with uh, the program mm-hmm. called GarageBand. See, I, I have never used that. I used Adobe Audition, which uh, I guess it used to be Cool Edit. And even before that, it was uh, I used Pro, Pro Tools. But uh, GarageBand, I've heard about this. Is this uh, something that you can, uh, I guess, you can you record off your phone or a simple microphone or a USB mic? What do you do with GarageBand? Yeah, I, uh, I have it. It actually comes on all uh, Apple devices. It just comes with it, just like iMovie and stuff. Um, so if you're on your phone, they have plug-in mics that you can plug into your phone. Um, I think they have adapters for USB mics. I have a USB mic that I, I use my computer. Um, and with my USB mic, you, you could set yourself up in... Um, like a small a small room that doesn't have a lot of outdoor noise sometimes if there's if there's too much noise even if the windows and everything are closed i'll take a thick a really thick um you know one of those like fur blankets and i'll put my laptop and my mic on my lap or on a little table like right next to me and i'll put my blanket over my whole setup and it creates a nice boundary um and you can just you could really just record whole things and then they have vocal plugins that really mix your vocals to a T almost and like if you don't know how to mix and master like me, you just throw a little forty bucks for a for an Ariana Grande plugin and your shit sounds like radio ready. Yeah, I've heard of you you're talking about soundproofing and I've for people that, that don't know, you need to have something on the walls or something around you. I remember listening uh, to a story that uh, Led Zeppelin, they you know, this is back in the sixties and seventies when engineers were really just some of them were great, you know, and there was only a handful of places you could go. But some of them, if you were trying to have something homemade, they put uh, blankets and, and carpet up on the walls. And Robert Plant, uh, I think he described it as, as being in the womb because it was so dead. The, there wasn't noise. It was like a lack of noise. And uh, so mm-hmm. soundproofing, that's a pretty smart idea, putting the blanket over your head. But uh, moving through and, you know, you can make your own music. And you put it on. I've listened to to a lot of the videos that are on your YouTube, and it seems like ten mm-hmm. years ago you really hit the ground running. You know, the music that's out there, even from 2012, 10 years ago, is stuff that can be played on the radio. And yeah, if I have a copy, it's going to be on RadioWhat.com right behind me, and, and and playing on rotation because the music that you have, it's solid. It's it's R and B. It's dance. It's hip hop. It's uh, it, you. Oh my goodness! There was one where you had a guy that was like a hype man, and you were rapping and singing, and your hype man <laughs> was trying to figure out what to do. Hey, yo, <laughs> what? And really, you were you were your own. You were uh, uh, you know as as good or better than Nicki Minaj, where you can do rap and sing. You know, Kanye rap and sing that when did you figure out that you could rap oh i used to write poems when i was like six seven and um you know just i would speak them and and you know i started turning my poems into songs when i was very young i think i was i think i actually my mom has this recording on a cassette tape still because I record I used to record on these little cassette tapes on the on the stereo we had and 
I think I might have been four or five. And I wrote this song about guinea pigs because we, my mom used to buy me these little guinea pigs. And um, I wrote this song about them. And apparently I recorded it on a cassette tape. And um, just doing things like that, I kind of just. Well, that's something that a songwriter. Sometimes I would sing. Well, Tora Wallachian, that's something that a songwriter such as yourself can do. You see things around you and you turn them into song. Uh, And you're very thoughtful. You know, I can, I can see that you've progressed and grown throughout the years, even over the last two years, where a lot of things have happened in the, in this country and the world around you. You have a song called Anaerobic and the video. And the audio, listen to the words, listen to the, the the song, you need oxygen. I can't breathe, man. I don't know if it said I can't breathe, but I remember th- that the visual was a lot about, you know, what happened to George Floyd and other people that have, 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 uh, have had problems with, uh, with the police and, and the government. I mean, tell me about how anaerobic came about. It's very thoughtful. Yeah, um, you know, when when 2019 and 2020 kind of started unfolding, um, I felt a lot of everything that was going on at the same time. I was going through my own um, drama with, you know, my school and there's there's drama with other government things I was involved with, um, you know, my school and everything. And um it was just almost just unbearable, like how much bullshit was happening around us all, you know, in America, in America, especially. And so um, as much as society and the government was taking away our oxygen, um, you know, I was I was feeling that I was feeling that inability to breathe. Um, in my own way and I wanted to be able to tell my story but also tell those whose were more tragic um, whose ended more tragically um, be able to tell theirs as well and kind of express my anger and my questioning of the government well, you put a song called America right on the front page of your website, and it's also the video version is also on your YouTube page and very thoughtful. I mean, you you have a lot of insight and, and is this, you know, it's like ripped from the pages of, of the newspaper or, or even, you know, watching the local news or even the national or even the world news. You know, you, you look at what's going on in the world. What I mean. Do you think, are we going to survive or are we going to like uh, go extinct like dinosaurs, man? Uh, you know, I, I, I talked on a <laughs> podcast yesterday and I got real political and I don't want to get too political with you, but, but I want to know, you know, how, how do you feel about uh, the direction that this country's going in? Um, well, I mean, this might be darker or lighter depending on the way that you look at this statement, but I would say that, um, well, none of us survive we all live our lives we're given our lives and for that i think is the reason why we die you know we are given our lives and then have to literally give our lives at the end so um i think that i mean eventually in in hundreds of years you know evolution will take place and 
and us along with the other creatures of this world will turn into things that we can't even imagine you know um yeah we- because you know we couldn't imagine dinosaurs when back in when we were you know before that happened you know so it just i feel like um i try to i try to really take each day at a time but at the same time try my best to plan for the future in a way that makes the world a better place for the people that suffer every day um because we're all going to be demolished at some point and um i think it's all about taking away the suffering and the pain while we're here you know well i know you're a person that likes to get involved with your community and and you uh <laughs> you know you you have ties and and, and I, I like to be involved in my community as well you know i'm not in south florida anymore i'm in conway arkansas and we have things mm-hmm. that that go on here and uh, you know in fact you know since you you said that um you know you've had uh uh, uh um relationships on spectrums of the of the sexual scale uh you know i've i volunteered myself to be a, a part of of the conway pride that's coming up in november 13th i'm the the dj i'm not gay you know i've i've never had well i mean do do people have thoughts of it i don't know in college you know but uh you know. <laughs> but um you know I'm, I'm i'm not gay but but i i see i celebrate the love i celebrate uh the people you know and i think if 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 people want to get married you know no matter what you know well i mean should should they be be allowed to marry goats i think that's what the the right is is kind of worried about Uh, you know is that uh okay uh, if 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 men are marrying men and women are marrying women uh are are we going to want to marry uh beasts of the earth now i want to marry a boss 429 ah okay that's a a car if I'm that's guessing. the case <laughs> is that that's a car right yeah it's a mustang yeah i've had three mustangs in my life i i stole one from my i my mom had the, the third one but i i i'd say i stole it because i i joy rided in that mustang quite a bit but uh my favorite was my 50 uh convertible back in 80 87 oh, yeah. mm, i enjoyed that car so much but uh yeah i guess i lost a few man points saying is that a car yeah it's a car of course it's a car <laughs> <You're funny. laughs> but uh you know i mean you're out in the community do you um do you have any um uh, specific uh entities or or organizations that you um that you work with in Tucson or in, in Los Angeles? Um, I, I work with a lot of different organizations, a lot of them having to do with animals. Um, I, over the, the past few years, I've partnered with a lot of different organizations, just trying to kind of um, get to know people and, and kind of, uh, there were a few organizations where I took some fosters from a few times and, um, what I'm really trying to do is is build um, build my network of mainly foster based organizations. You know those organizations that need shelters for their animals, and um, eventually, eventually, with my organization, which is called PSRescueMission.org, we have a website. But um, we will eventually partner with 
thousands and thousands of organizations, mainly foster-based or overflow, like the Pound and Humane Societies, over the whole world. And um, hopefully I, I'm trying to eventually um, have thousands and thousands of acres of land to be able to provide different types of shelters. Um, and each one of these organizations have their own space to be able to send their fosters um, over. And uh, I also have hopes and dreams to have um, another organization, which is kind of like a, a school and learning development um, home for children and youth that don't have homes. I kind of, um, I dream of the impossible of getting risk, getting rid of eliminating the foster care system and just providing a, a place where they can call home if they need to, you know, um, they can stay and they can learn and learn how to be in the world and be prepped for school and college and all of that. Um, instead of just sit there and go home to home and, and have all their stuff in like a trash bag and a backpack. Like, um, so that's, that's the, the end goal, end goal dream. I, I know it's very, uh, it's lofty. No, it, it really is lofty. And, and now you see movies like Matilda and even little orphan Annie where they, they get treated poorly in these children's homes. And that's a, that's hit or miss. I'm sure that there has to be good children's homes where they actually, they whether they get adopted or not, or they get fostered or not, being in those children's homes is a positive influence in their lives. And all they need is an education and some love, you know, and food on the plate and roof over the head. Of course, that's a, that's a very good goal to have. And this is something that you, as an influencer, as a, uh, as an entertainer, you know, as you build a following, you can use that following for good or evil, you know? So you have quite a few followers that are, are enjoying the content. I'm one of them. I'm definitely a fan of Tora Wollishan. You know, I like the content that you've put out there. You're not just a singer, uh, you know, you're a dancer, but an actress too. You have some credits on your IMDb that you've done. Uh, you know, you've done some 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 work out there in the acting profession. Well, tell me about, you know, where you want that to go. Um, I definitely want that to go far. Um, I have been uh, making films uh, lately. I've been making a lot of films. I actually have a production company, full service um, media production, filmmaking, videographer, photography. Um and, you know, I would really love to be, you know, writing for films, um, you know, for big time producers and even even co-producing and directing. And um, I also love editing. I love editing. Um, and then, you know, having having a role and being in front of the camera. Um, so kind of kind of everywhere in the filmmaking industry i kind of want to jump around and just be able to create with other creatives that are, are really doing something and making a difference in this industry well from what i understand you're not just uh, wanting to do it you're also taking steps to to get educated in that are you in uh, some kind of a film school now or or were or, or heading in that direction yes 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 um I was in film school. Um, my school went through a little 
more drama. They they have a long history of drama and and weirdness but um and i'm having a hard time finding another school to match their scholarship so i don't really i can't really um afford to pay a full tuition to a film school no understood so, and a lot of people don't um, think that that you need to have college anymore with youtube out there right you could learn so much from books and youtube and and other sources as well but uh and with a couple the yeah. first couple of years of film school was was really enough to to know enough to be able to do everything. I've been working in the film industry since I was a little girl, so it's not like I I needed too much. I learned most of my learning came um, when through the editing, and I learned a lot of of how to edit and how to do a lot of cool stuff. So see another another gem that you're giving people. You know the actors and the directors and the writers. Eh, everybody can do their job and and put out all that that content, but it's the editor, the editor more often than not that makes the movie he knows where to cut and even if the director goes oh that's my favorite part nope gotta cut it for time you know don't need this part it doesn't make sense oh but it took me days to film that nope cutting it you know and oh that's my least favorite part keeping it love it that's the best uh, that gives exposition for this film it's important that you leave this in oh but i didn't like the way that came out nope you got to keep that in. So a good editor will make that film so much better. I mean, it, oh, yeah. yeah, there's very few. Robert Rodriguez is the one that keeps comes to mind where he shoots the film, uh, scores the film, edits the film, and really nobody else has a lot of creative uh, influence. Uh, you know, he did the uh, Spy Kids and and um, oh, and uh, the 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 one with uh, um, Antonio Banderas. Uh, uh, where he was a, um, oh my goodness, the the one where he's a, a the the shooting one where he was a, um, he had the guitar with the guns in it. Um, oh my goodness! But anyway, you know, he the, those films at least back then it was all one person, but not all one person. You cannot do it all by yourself. You've already given hint that you have people that help you out in the in the audio. And you have people that can help you out in the video as well. And, you know, I, and I talked to quite a few filmmakers on this podcast and, you know, making shorts, that's a way to get you, get you out there. I know that you have mm -hmm. one that you put up for Halloween, kind of a scary short that you, uh, you put out there to the world. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it's at, whether it's on your YouTube or if it's on, it might oh, be on Instagram. It's on it's Instagram. On your, it's on your Instagram. Okay. I'm going to encourage everyone to go and just follow you around, stalk you, uh, as it were. Uh, there's, yeah, the Instagram, it's uh, uh, Road Trip Sideways 8 Production. Uh, is that the production company that you're with? Yeah. Okay. And then there's like this little Halloween thing. I, I encourage people to go take a look at that and get a little glimpse, a little idea of what Tora Woolishin can do for you. You know, even on, you know, on the audio. There's plenty of YouTube, plenty of videos out there on the video. There's plenty of video out there. My goodness, uh, you know, is I I don't want to take too much more of your time. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> and I want to talk to you again as time progresses. But I want to cut yeah. this so so people you know know that it's a it's a bite size. It's an hour. Okay, we've this hour flew by so quickly. But uh, I mean, I want you to talk about the thing that i don't know that really puts you in front of an audience of 
What, millions? Tell me about The X Factor. Yeah. Um, the X Factor was great. It was very fun. Uh, it taught me a lot about myself as a performer and as an artist. Um, you know, Simon, Simon mentored me for about six months. And... Uh, yeah, it was, it was Simon said he loved you. Simon said he loved you and you went, ah, ah, because to get, you know, because Simon or yes, you have four different judges sitting there, you know, all have their own little inputs and their plugins, but Simon seems to be the one. If you could turn his head, if you can make him smile, Simon has given a persona I mean, when, uh, okay, when he had, when he has people that are terrible on there, he's going to let you know. And like there was one, uh, oh my goodness, uh, was it William Hung? Uh, she bangs, she bangs. Oh. He says, I don't want, I don't like music anymore. I remember that. I remember that. And when he, <laughs> when he said, I love you, that I could tell you felt that deep, you know? Uh, and then Paula saying, saying, Torah, 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 you know? And then, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, was it uh, L.A.? And uh, I can't remember. Was it Nicole? Was the other one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, tell me, tell me about you know, because you sang uh, "I Want You Back." I think it was that that particular time. I mean, but tell me about how do you pick that song, and how do you get on that show? You know, I guess the first season. But how did you get to the X Factor? Well, um, my mom actually submitted a video um, of me singing, just this random video, and they emailed me, and I thought it was like a scam or something. Um, I was like, what is this show? I didn't even, I don't even know if I knew about really, um, if I had even really watched the show before. Well, what year um, is I this? Knew that what year had is this? this show in the UK and he was bringing it to America, but that's all. What year was this? Uh, this was in 2011. Okay. This is after American Idol is done. This is the show mm-hmm. that he's bringing next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he already had this show in the UK. Yes. And so he was going to bring it to America. And it only lasted, I think, three seasons in America. Um, And all of the forums kept talking about how everyone was so mad that they eliminated me the first season, that the ratings kept dropping each season and they took the show down. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, okay. But still, it's a great experience being up there in front of those people. I'm sure uh, a lot of people, a lot of exposure. For you, for Tora, mm-hmm. Tora Wollison, yes, definitely, yes. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, I mean, hey, you didn't win, but in my heart, you're a winner. Okay, and um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to be the winner. She did not do good. They did not do her good. Well, that's just it. Kelly Clarkson did great in American Idol, but Clay Aiken yeah. didn't do as well. Uh, Ruben stuttered. I think he did better than Clay Aiken did in his music <laughs> career. And I guess Clay Aiken is on Broadway, which is great. I mean, I, he's, I guess he's doing a good job there. But, you know, and then uh, was it uh, Pickles, uh, Pickler? And, uh, you know, some of the other ones that won on these types of shows, uh, some of them do great. Um, you know, we have... Uh, we have a, 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 you know, oh, it's it's so good. It, it, you know, do you feel like it's a good experience? It's a good thing to to strive for, or are there other avenues that you think were were better for you? 
I would say if you like competing, um, I would say to to do these shows. But um, you just have to be careful of that final um, the live show agreement. You know, once you get get to the final rounds, those contracts get more and more sticky. And once if you if you're in like the top five or or you're the winner, that contract is not going to be pretty. And Kelly Clarkson did an interview. I think it was on. I think it was on 2020, when she's talking about that if she could take back the way that she became famous and doing American Idol, she would, and she would have done it a different way because they owned her likeness for 10 years. They owned every single thing that she did. They got a percent of, and she struggled because she didn't see anything for a long time once again you're giving people gems uh, this is a a learning podcast and we're learning from you uh sometimes uh going the the other route you know another route uh, you know maybe singing covers in in a cover band uh will get you started until you can make your own songs and then you start doing you know like a 80 20 and then a 50 50 and then singing more and more of I your own songs how to play an instrument okay what do you play that's do you play gonna, anything that's gonna be one of your most prime um things that is going to make you different as an artist if you can play an instrument and you can also dance then you're a triple threat if you're not a triple threat you're it's going to be really 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 hard for you in this industry because there's a lot of triple threats out there fighting including me i know there's a a cartoon version of you playing piano do you actually play piano yes and there's there uh the music video for america and music video for eclipse i am playing the piano very good when did that start um i've been playing since i was maybe like 12 or 13 13 produced my first album that i wrote and i did it all on my keyboard and um yeah it kind of grew from there i i used to play the guitar but i had an injury to my left hand so i can't do chords um the same um i also play the drums hey that's a win right there it's good it's good the the drums are are what makes you know the backbeat you know that keeps the rhythm going (laughs) So uh, drums are very important. And everyone in that in the uh, I mean, I guess all six of the members of Less Than Famous must have been important in their own right. Three guitars. Really? Come on. <laughs> That's a lot of guitars. <laughs> but cool. well, our third guitarist also played the keys. Yes, he, so did. he would do the keys and then he would jump on the little things every now and then. Well, I'm looking for, you know, the the members, uh, the remaining members of Less Than Famous to do a reunion tour. Uh, at a theater near you, maybe they'll uh, they'll back you up one of these days on the Tor Wollaston uh, tour, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you see yourself uh, staying in the in the Tucson area or the L.A. area and not branching out, or do you want to be a touring musician all over the world? Um, I am a global musician. I've toured China. I've I've you know been to Jamaica. I've been all over the place. Um, I lived in Miami for a year. Um, yeah, I've been all over the place. When I first, right after X Factor, when I released uh, Roses and all those songs, my music hit um, Top 40 radio. And I did a whole radio tour from all across the country, from Y100 to Z100. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a little stint with Y100 at one time. 
So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I, nice. Well, I was at Exito 105.5, and uh, I was on the morning show as well. But uh, but I, you know, back in the in the mid eighties, uh, I I was the, their third banana. You know, where I would be out on the on the streets of Miami. Uh, dressed up in a diaper or something like that on Valentine's Day, <laughs> giving out tickets to whatever. Oh, it was just weird. <laughs> we were the rainbow connection back then. <laughs> and, we had, and every car in Miami, at least every third car, had a had a rainbow sticker. Y100. Y100. <laughs> Good, awesome. Good times. I loved Miami, and I, I, I'm glad that you, man, you, you've taken you've taken your talent and you're you're giving it to the world. You're you have so many different avenues to explore. There's no way that you can lose as long as you keep working. Keep that work ethic that you have going right now. I see nothing but great yeah. things for you, Tora Wallace. And, and uh, you know, I want to I want to thank Heston Cleveland for uh, putting us together. You know, I, I don't know how did you get involved with Heston. He's a cool dude. Um, I think that my cousin introduced me to him. Okay, shout out to the cousin. <laughs> Uh, my cousin Ke. Okay, okay. Know. Is he a singer as well? He is. I he's think, a musician. He does. Yeah. He does some music. Yeah. I think I've heard some stuff from him. Heston's a, a a cool dude, and he he likes helping people and putting people out there. But uh, let's wind this thing down. Uh, I want you to give some shout outs to people that have helped you along the way, and then we'll uh, we'll close this thing up. You know, I I don't want this to be the last time that we talk, though. I I've enjoyed every minute of this, and I know we've only okay. we've only scratched the surface that is Tor Wallison. But if you want to give any shout outs or tell tell people anything else about you, uh, go ahead and do that now. Yeah, I mean, you know, my mother's my rock. She's She's the one who has pushed me my whole life um, to never give up, and yeah, that's hey, that's the that's the only <laughs> shout out you need to give. Yay, mom! That's what football football players, you know, when they score that touchdown, you know that their maybe their dad was the one that taught them how to throw a football. But what do they say to the camera? Hi, mom. <laughs> it's always mom. She's the most important thing in your in the world, which is great which is wonderful. All right. I always like to finish these things off with last words for the people. This could be words to live by. This could be something you heard a long time ago, maybe uh, a mantra that you wake up with every morning or just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Tora Woolishan, the queen of arts, give the last words for the people. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess no matter what you go through and no matter what things change your character always change yourself for the better and do things in your life to make yourself a better person There you have it, party people. Tora Wallishin. Oh my goodness. Just put her, her name in, in your search bar. She's got her, her own website, a really good website. Uh, Tora Wallishin, uh, T-O-R-A, uh, W-O-L-O-S-H-I-N, torawallishin.com. Find her there and find, I mean, she's got her Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all, all the all the socials and she's got her imdp page i mean i expect that thing to be filled up as her her, her career blossoms and you know her her records uh, you know there's very few people that make a career of being a musician a working musician and being a, a working actor which is 
Hey, it's not unheard of, but if anybody can do it, I think Tora Wallachin can. She's got the work ethic, you know. Uh, she's a song and dance girl. Yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> and let her sing and dance and act for you and even be behind the camera. I mean, she's shown some skills there. Uh, check out the, the Instagram. Uh, there's a Halloween Instagram right there. It's uh, by the, I don't know, what, what did I say before? Road Trip Sideways 8 production. And it's just a little short, but it's, uh, you know, a little something for the Halloween season. Very exciting. But uh, I, I expect to see uh, great things. Great things. Thank you so much, Toro Wollishin, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. It's been an extreme pleasure for sure. And uh, that's it for this edition of what makes you famous now if you yes you my loyal listener if you'd like to tell your story i encourage you to give me a call 501-470-6386 or email keysdan at aol.com that's it for me it's keysdan radio what.com dj little rock.com peace i'm out of here if you like what you hear follow what makes you famous social media use the hashtag what makes you famous Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcasts on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes to achieve great things one must live as though we were never going to die marquis de vavanerigas the music you want radio what Dot com. This is Keys Dan. And this is Shelly G. And you're listening to Radio What? Dot com.